Welcome back to Sacred City Vision Drip. I am here for part two with Melissa Corns. We're talking about all things homeschool. Welcome back, Mel. Thank you. Glad to be back. Cool. Well, in the last one, uh, last episode, we talked a lot about the positives of some of the draws to homeschooling um, and giving kids a Christian education that's based in the home. And uh, Mel just had so many good things to say that, that we need to make another episode. So here we are with part two. And uh, we're going to kind of finish out. I got a list of questions here that, that some of them will be um, common objections to homeschooling, some things that people often hear uh, or say in response to the idea. Um, but I, I have a couple other questions before we get to that. Um, I want to talk about, we, we've talked about in the last episode, the way that Jesse's involved in the homeschooling endeavors, uh, grandmas, grandpas, all, all of it. Um, and you've made reference to something called CC, um, which is classical conversations. Um, will you just share a little bit? What is CC? What is that? Why is that such a, and you said it was even something that was kind of a turning point, Mm -hmm. um, for you guys thinking about homeschooling your kids. Um, what is CC? What, what, what are the values of, of having something like CC? Sure. Um, for us, it was a turning point because I was feeling really lonely in the endeavor by myself. Um, you know, Jesus says we're to be living in community and, and that's in all aspects of life. And so I knew we needed something where we were in a community of people, but I didn't know that something like this existed where, you know, it's, it's not a school. They don't consider themselves a school, but it is a full, robust, classical Christian curriculum that okay. you can access by joining a classical conversations um, community. And there's a whole day provided of instruction. So your tuition and fees, all of that is going towards all of the things that the children are doing during the day. They cover seven different topics. I, I can speak to foundations and essentials. I can't speak to some of the upper levels of all the details. But, you know, we're covering seven different topics um, from grammar to history to Latin, math, um, science. We also do uh, fine arts every week and science experiments. And all of these things are taught with God's word in full view. Um, all these kids are being taught about all of creation and all of life with the creator in full focus. And so that is a huge distinction of classical conversations from maybe other co-ops or, or other non-Christian schools. Um, it is a um, thoroughly Christian education. And so not only having a curriculum that I didn't have to think what do I need for Latin and what do I need for history? It's, it's all together. Yeah. It takes all of the guesswork out of it for me. And I'm able to just sit down and have confidence in what I'm teaching the children. But also I have a huge community of people, some that have gone before me that can mentor me and others that are right with me in the boat going, ah, it's rocking. What do we yeah. do? <laughs> um, and so we also have tutors then that, that teach us how to teach these things. Um, and so it's just a, a, a all-encompassing area uh, and a group of people where I can be fully supported. I know I'm providing a rigorous classical Christian education to my kids. And there's other people then that are part of our discipleship as we walk together in community through educating our children, helping me, discipling me, and then also discipling my children and helping them grow up um, and develop a good, strong, godly character. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think there's a there's a huge blessing because I mean, if you really, if you try to do homeschooling alone and, and I know that there are people that do it and they make a go of it and it certainly, it works out. 
Um, but I do think that families that do that oftentimes find themselves overwhelmed because there's just so many different homeschool curriculums out there. And, and a lot of times you'll get, oh, this this publisher puts this out. That's really great. But they've got this this other publisher that yeah. does this. And so there can be that can be really overwhelming. And it, and it can take years to discover mm-hmm. what's the best. And so uh, to have something like Classical Conversations that, that does there um because it's a whole organization that's mm-hmm. working there, there's a president ceo and they're all all working to kind of put forth the most cohesive the most excellent curriculum um that that does really take a lot of, of weight off the shoulders of parents that are wanting to homeschool that that mm-hmm. would be an incredible um incredible blessing as well as the community aspects and i do know that's pretty common um in homeschool families is co-ops that that, that that's uh, i mean and i don't know and maybe, I don't know if CC considers themselves a co-op, but the idea of there's camaraderie around this, we're going at it together. We've got mentors, we've got support systems, we've got, we've got people who have done this, you know, 10 years, they've been 10 years ahead of me. And so they can speak to these things where, where you have a lot of insight, a lot of wisdom that are, that's available right there at your fingertips that mm-hmm. help it. It's a hard thing already, but then to have people that have blazed the trail before you to come kind of talk back and say, Hey, here's, here's what you're going to find really helpful in this season. So a lot of value, um, in having those, those mentors, um, of, of the tutors of things of that nature. Is, is there anything else that like when you look at CC, I mean, th- those are two really big assets to, to being part of an organization that you would say, okay, this, this is really worth it. Hmm. I think for me, those were the two real big ones. Okay. Uh, for sure. The biggest ones. Um, yeah, I, and I, I think, too, another big selling point for me was that it wasn't every day. Um, I could still do things and tailor things for my kids throughout the week. But Monday was, you know, devoted to teaching them, like, here's the the snapshot of what we're doing. Here's everything. And then I get to be the one to teach, like, how quickly we roll that out, what yeah. it looks like, how I teach it. Um, so I still have a lot of say in, in how that all rolls out. Um, it's definitely not something where I'm pigeonholed into exactly how they want me to do it. We can still put our own Corns family flair on it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. A lot of freedom then. It's, yes. it's like structure provides freedom. And yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. That's good. That's really good. Um, and, and I do think that, that when, when parents are looking to, to make that leap into homeschooling, that's one of the things that they're looking for is, is someone who can, has insight and wisdom and say, hey, I can help you out. I can help you get this thing rolling. Yes. Uh, and then also the, the curriculum a- aspect is, is also, also very big as well. Um, one of the things that, that I think, that I'm convinced of, um, it, when it comes to education, is that, that Christian parents especially ought to instill in their kids a love for learning and a love for reading. Mm -hmm. And you've made reference of your kids going across the street to Grandma Carol and talking uh, and reading to her. Um, What are things, and and, and I think with boys, it's, uh, my oldest is a bookworm. He, if he's got downtime (laughs) and and screen time is off limits, he's reading, Mm -hmm. reading or Legos. Um, and some of the other boys, maybe not so much like that yet. Um, but I can tell that they're increasing their love for learning and reading. Um, what are some of the ways that you guys together, like help instill that love of learning, um, the joyfulness of learning? Cause, mm-hmm. cause a lot of times I'm, I mean, I remember being a kid and thinking learning is a drag, <laughs> like learning is, it, it is a barrier to my happiness and I want nothing to do with that. But I, I think as Christians, because one, God gave us a book that mm-hmm. we would know him by. And so that, that 
just um, it's it's uh, implied that you would learn to read one and then learn to love reading because that's the way you learn about God. Uh, and two, learning where th- to be a disciple is to be a learner. Um, and so we're called in following Jesus, we're called to be learners, lifelong learners. Um, and as we see that as Christian parents, we want that in our kids um, to see them grow in love and appreciation for those things. What, are, what does that look like for you guys? I think a big one for us, um, one is for me as mom coming to the table every morning, um, coming to the table with a lot of joy for what they're going to learn. That means I kind of know what's coming up um, and and just having a great joy in learning and being able to connect it back to God's word or his attributes or, you know, something about like the Bible, a Bible verse. Um, I feel like those things really spur on a lot of joy in our mm. family about education. It gives it a broader purpose than just I have to learn this fact. Um I think too, another way we do that is that Jesse and I read a lot with our boys, yeah. especially Jesse. Yeah. Uh, every night we read through Narnia. Uh, we've gone the whole route of Narnia probably three times now. Cool. And so our boys are listening to that right before they go to bed. They are listening to, um, you know, warriors, valiant men, you know, mm-hmm. that they get to be King Peter or, you know, and they, they take that and then they go and play that, you know, um, they're constantly hearing about people in history or things that we're reading and they take that and go play it. And it's, it's incredible to see them do those things and how much of an impact that has on them. And that they really have like this, like point in their mind of like, this is something good. Yeah. This is something to go after. And so I think that's a huge piece of teaching them to learn, love learning, um, is reading to them, enjoying that reading. Um, I think asking them good questions. So, you know, as we're reading Narnia or we're reading about someone in history, asking them good questions about it. You know, what do you think about his character? Why do you think he made that decision? How does that line up with how God asks us to line up? Or, you know, these two characters in Narnia, which one of them is someone that is trustworthy and honest? And where do you see fruits of the spirit happening? Or, you know, this guy, what do you think about him? You know, oh, well, he thinks that he's above um, any authority. Well, what does that mean? How does that play out in the story? And mm. Just really being able to ask them to, to think critically about what they're hearing, but then also to like latch on to something that's so good and something to aim for. Yeah. Um, they need that vision. They need yeah. to know what to shoot for because um, they'll go for it. Right. You know? And it, it's so cool. I mean, our God is a God of story. Mm-hmm. Um, humans live and die by story. And I think education, one of the big pieces of education is helping our kids understand God's story mm-hmm. and understand how stories shape us. And so to expose kids, one, finding stories that they like that resonate with them. And, you know, like you talk about Narnia and there's, there's a real attractive, uh, piece of Narnia for specifically young boys. I think it's attractive to everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's something that's adventurous. There's something, um, about going out and fighting evil. Like there's something about that, that really does feed the soul. In fact, one of my my favorite author is his name is Andy Wilson. Um, he's got a podcast called Stories Are Soul Food. And it, it's all about, you know, and, and these guys are involved in the classical education sphere and CC and all that stuff. And um, But but they really understand that stories play such a vital role um, mm-hmm. in, in the education of children and giving them better stories to live by. Because I think 
um, as Christians, one of the things that, that we get to give our children, which is a, a treasure, an inheritance, um, is a better story than what the story that culture's telling and helping them to understand, hey, you're standing in the midst of a story. Um, God's called you to play a role. You're not, you're not on the sidelines um, and what it looks like to live into that. And, uh, and so I, I do think that homeschooling or, or Christian education, anything that's mindful of storytelling and, and reading and learning really does set kids up. Uh, in some pretty significant ways to to be lifelong learners and to love to love reading, um, yeah. So that that's that's great. I, I love that. Um, let me see. Next question. Um, oh, we're gonna get into the common object- objections now. Is that cool? <laughs> that's great. All right. Okay. That's great. Okay. Because uh, I think a lot of times this is where the <laughs> most the most questions lie as people are considering um, homeschooling, and and we've talked a lot about the pros to homeschooling. Um, and the family time, uh, the flexibility, uh, the hands-on stuff, all, you know, just family orientation, all of that stuff is, is really, uh, a pro in my book, I think. Um, but there are some things that with homeschooling that, that people are like, well, you do that and they miss out on this. So for example, one thing you hear, well, this may not be so true anymore because times have changed, but you know, if you say, if you homeschool your kid, they're going to turn out to be a weirdo, you know, like (laughs) that, that's, that is definitely a trope of sorts. Um, and, and so like they're going to miss out on these social opportunities. They're going to miss out on sports and, and music. They're going to miss out on learning. Uh, cause I think this is a big part of being an adult and having a job is learning to submit to the authority of those who are above you. Mm-hmm. And, and if they don't get exposed to other authority besides mom and dad, then they won't learn those skills. And I think already, um, in this episode, and if you go back to the last episode, there's all, you've, you've already answered a lot of these questions as far as like socialization. So talk, talk to me about knowing that there could be downfalls. Um, from the socialization perspective, what are things that that you guys are intentionally doing to help your kids learn social skills, mm-hmm. talking to not just other kids, but interacting with adults and authority above them? Sure. We, we get our kids out as much as possible. Uh, a lot of times that means as boys, they are going out and working with other farmers. They bale hay together with other farmers. They're interacting with um, uh, other people within our community. Um, they... They also participate in a lot of other like sports or music, things like that. Uh, they go to piano in Alito. We are doing swimming lessons. There's all sorts of opportunities at the Y for yeah. sports, which they definitely need because they are active boys and mm-hmm. they need to, to get that out and, and learn what it looks like to work as a team. Yeah. Um, I think there's a very many valuable uh, lessons and character building that happens through sports specifically for boys. Um, so yeah, we're getting them very involved and even within like our co-op group and at CC, we have so many families that, I mean, they're just constantly involved in all sorts of things from fine arts all the way to science to whatever their desires are. You know, I think that burden does fall to us as parents. You know, we have to go and look and find and see where we can plug our kids in and, and look for opportunities for them to go and do that. Yeah. Um, and then make it happen for them. Yep. You know, um, but yeah, I think that burden falls to us. But I think that's something that can absolutely be overcome as we're just looking around and finding places for our kids to be plugged in and, and using and learning their skills. Definitely. Yeah, there, there I think... If you're going to tackle homeschooling, there is uh, some degree of intentionality that goes into to thinking through some of those things. So, and I think even with sports, I, I mean, 
right now, like youth sports is crazy. It's like its own religion. Honestly, I always joke around that the, the Betplex up there, the TBK sports complex is the biggest, uh, house of worship in the quad cities because there's so many families that sacrifice so much time and resources and energy into youth sports, traveling, going all, I mean, investing in uniforms and lessons and all. And it's year round. Like you got a soccer player, you got a baseball player. Like you could literally spend the whole year in select sports and doing things like that. And and one of the things I think in thinking of of developing well rounded children that become well rounded adults is is learning like what at what point do I if I think about the maximum investment or or figuring out the, the investment and return. So, um, if I invest here, what's the maximum return that I can get? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times youth sports can get crazy investments <laughs> with eventually sort of degrading returns. Mm -hmm. And so even thinking about intentionally, okay, what are the values of our family? Well, we want to be in church on Sunday. So that means Sunday morning travel teams are not going to be a thing because mm -hmm. we're going to prior prioritize the Sabbath and keep it holy and keep it family and restful day. Um, and so a lot of times when you're looking at these extra things, it all kind of fits together with what are we aiming for as mm -hmm. a family and thinking about music. And I just think about piano lessons. Like our church could use a lot of new piano players yeah. playing in the band, some drummers, some guitar players, you know, you name it. Um, and all of these things are sort of aimed to the end of serving the church, advancing the mission of God and seeing how these things and, and really to extract the joys and the beauty that God has created for uh, us and our kids to enjoy um, and finding avenues for them to, to explore those things. Um, one of the things that I think I, you made mention of this uh, a couple times already, um, but families that are considering homeschooling, there's this natural sense of being overwhelmed, mm -hmm. um, whether it's the curriculum or just how am I going to get along with my kid or, you know, as their teacher, you know, like I'm already having a hard time as a parent. I don't know <laughs> if I can add another layer of being a teacher. Um, so talk about that dynamic of, of parents who are, are coming. It's like, I like the idea, but I just don't know if I can do it. I don't know. Let's tackle this one first. I don't know if I can put on the hat of a teacher. Um, as parents, um, what, what would you have to say to somebody who's kind of wrestling with that? That is hard. Um, I think I tend to hear that more with parents that have kids that are older. Um, but, but even so, like having multiple younger ones, you know, trying to put on the hat of teacher is, is a little overwhelming at times. Um, I think a lot of that comes down to like parents being able to structure their day well. I think kids need that structure. I think they need to know what's coming. I think that's helpful for parents knowing like, this is what our day is going to look like. Here's how it's going to go. Um, I think too, um, as we're doing a lot of education and being that teacher, we still wear the parent hat. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of having a lot of good training for our kids, like here's what I expect of you when I say do X, Y, Z, and then training and training and training. And then we move into discipline when needed. And so keeping up on those things, I think helps us be a better teacher to our children. Um, I, I think those are some things I would say towards that. Um, I think too, if you're concerned about that, I think figuring out ways that other family members can get involved. You know, sometimes when it comes to fractions, I'm like, here, honey, you can, you can take <laughs> on fractions. There you go. Um, you know, go and teach that for this next week. And so I think to pulling in other people to help you with that. Um, yeah, I think a lot of that comes down to like, we are, we are the parents we are their natural teachers. We are their authority and that we get to exercise that in biblical ways um, for our children's good and for the flourishing of our families. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think even going back and remembering the command of God, um, Deuteronomy six, Ephesians six, that it's a it's a responsibility of educate the the responsibility of education is placed on parents, not on the government, not on the church necessarily. Mm-hmm. It's primarily rests on the shoulders of parents. So I, I do think that homeschooling leans into that mm-hmm. in a way that does. Um, I'm sure there are challenges, yes, but it certainly is an act of obedience to the Lord. Um, and tackling this. Now, another another objection of I could never do that, dot, 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 um, would be I can never do that. I'm not organized enough. I, I, I can barely I can barely get my kids dressed in the morning. How am I going to educate them? Yeah. Um, what kind of encouragement could you give somebody that's that's thinking that way? Sure. To be quite honest, when when we homeschool, I feel like in many ways, there's a lot of burden eased of the the busyness. Um, you know, our mornings are way less busy than pick up drop offs and all those things. Uh, we get up and we come downstairs and and we get to our work. But there's also an ease to that and a little bit less stress. Um, our evenings are less stressful because we're not trying to navigate homework and papers and tending, getting things back to teachers and finding that lost library book. And mm-hmm. we still have some of that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I mean, there is in some ways there's just a little bit less stress of like uh, the rigidity of like having to get out of the house on a cer- at a certain time and, and get to this place and um, repack lunches and pack them again. And so in some ways there's there's less stress. Um, and I think, too, like not being organized. I mean, I think I'm more organized. So I would say, well, we should get organized. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's also some, probably some godly, um, godliness within like being a little more organized. I think when Deuteronomy talks about teaching our children diligently, you know, what does it look like to be a diligent teacher of our children? And Mm. so that means we look ahead to the next week and we make some plans and we have the things that they need to do their assignments and things like that. And so, I mean, I don't think, I don't always write out my schedule on this day. We're doing this lesson and sometimes they stretch out over two days, Sure, but in, is the, is the way the Lord calls me to be a diligent teacher to my children. It does require some organization. And yeah. in that, I think we can reach out to other moms and other families for assistance in that. I think CC, Classical Conversations curriculum is very helpful for someone who's not organized to step in and it's it's organized for you. Yeah. So there's a great encouragement there. Um, yeah, so I, I think that can speak a little bit to, I could never be organized enough. Um, I, I don't think that's true. I think that we can do it. I think it's going to take some work yeah. and, and that's a good thing. We get to put our hand to the plow too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I do think, I mean, we talked about this, um, you know, like discipline equals freedom. So the ability mm-hmm. to discipline yourself to structure will provide fur- further opportunities down the road that will allow for more freedom yes. uh, and enjoyment of those things. And, and I think even thinking of of education in terms of liturgy. It sounds like the mm-hmm. way that you lay out your school day, it's very liturgical, not mm-hmm. not in the sense where there's always a call and response, sort of absolution, you know, like I'm sure that there are some aspects of that, but as far as liturgies of, of what we practice, these mm-hmm. routines that we create that help shape us, not just not just the information that we interact with, but the, the whole overall endeavor of we wake up, we get dressed, we get ready for school, and we're going to hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of, of that practice really does benefit um, parents in the long run. Now, you, um, you'd you mentioned that... Um, actually, let me ask this question. Are there any other common objections that you might hear from inquisitive parents? Oh, I think there's two that I hear a whole lot. One of them is I could not stay home all day with my children. Mm. And the other one is I couldn't homeschool my kids because I can't do math. 
Okay. Those are the two big ones I hear a lot, um, which, you know, I mean, I think some of that then, you know, like my story was hard work from the Lord. You know, being able to stay home with my kids and have great joy in that wasn't me pulling up my bootstraps and doing my thing and saying, okay, I'm going to be joyful about this. But it was the Lord like rewriting for me mm. what this narrative actually is yeah. and being able to say, oh, look at that glorious thing the Lord has for me and then stepping into it yeah. daily. And so I think that's part of it. Um, and math, I mean, there's math tutors. I'm learning so much as I go through math with Josiah. Yeah. <laughs> He's in fourth grade math and there's things like mental math. I remember turning to Jesse one day and I was like, what are they doing here? Like, does your brain do this? And he was like, oh yeah, that's how I add numbers. And I was like, okay, so my brain needs to learn how to do this too. Yeah. <laughs> so it's fascinating the things that I get to learn right alongside my kids. It's humbling because they get to see that I'm learning too. Yeah. So. I do think, I mean, I can say the same thing. I'm not homeschooling, but I know when my kids bring home their history lessons and they bring home, I mean, Kuiper brought home a spelling test two weeks ago and I'm, I'm pretty sure that of the 20 words, there were maybe six of them that I could spell myself and the other 14, I need Siri to help me with. So it's like good for them for doing hard things. And that's part yeah. of education is, is it's like the training grounds. It's the gymnasium for learning how to do hard things in mm-hmm. life. And, uh, and I think that's cool when kids see mom and dad, um, it's not just like, you got to figure it out. It's like, right. no, we're alongside, we're learning. I'm a lifelong learner and there's things here for me to learn as well. That, that certainly, um, yeah. And, and in homeschooling, it's like, I, I've joked before, it's like, you only need to stay one week ahead of your kids. <laughs> it's true. Like they don't know what you don't know. <laughs> so you just got to stay one week ahead and, and then it'll work out. So, um, if your kids can do it, you certainly can do it. And then what was the other, the heart work thing that like you said, I think that's a, that's such a profound insight, Mel, to, th- I think that there are, are, are responses that we have to this idea that might not just be logistical, but actually my heart needs to, mm-hmm. to come under the word of God and ask God, what do you want of me? What do you want of my family? And allow the word and the Lord to kind of press on those things and to be expect to be sanctified in some of these areas. And I think this is a place that, I mean, the effects of sanctification in this area are not only good for you, it's good for your kids and for generations on down the road because mm-hmm. you're, you're setting your trajectory. And I think the more positive... Um, the more positive uh, experiences our kids have with homeschooling, the more that they love learning. Mm-hmm. I think that that compounds interest over time with the next generations. That, that my grandkids, I'm hoping, like I know for sure, by the time my kids graduate, they're going to be smarter than me in a lot of things. Um, and I'm hoping that my grandkids will be even smarter than me by the time they get to that graduation level as well. So there, there are a lot of cool things that um, you, when you start, start to think generationally that are are very um, exciting to think mm-hmm. of the, the impact that they can have. And speaking of impact, um, you know, we, we've talked about you being sort of in the early years of education with the foundations and with essentials um, and classical conversations. Um, just talk about just generally the impact that home education has had on your family. I think a big one, Jesse and I were talking about this actually, um, a big one for us was just the togetherness. We're together a lot. And so that just breeds a lot of just genuine love for one another. Um, I can see that in my kids a lot. Um, you know, we even have like little inside jokes, you know, where with school stuff, you know, the other day we were sitting in church. I think I told you this. You were talking about the imperative to uh, that Jesus says, you know, follow me. 
and I will make you fishers of men. And Josiah and I turned and looked at each other and I was like, imperative. He was like, imperative. <laughs> like it's an imperative. It's a command. And then he does this, which means the subject is implied you. And so there's just these funny little things where like, there's just a lot of like togetherness and unity. And, and that's something I really treasure that as mom, you know, I think with my boys, like, I don't know. I always say to them, like, you're never too cool for mom, but having these sweet moments and these sweet times together and and being together a lot and doing hard things together is just a real sweet blessing from it. And so I think that's one of the ways that it's really um, been a gift to our family. Um, I think being able to learn alongside of them and, and just learn what they're learning and be excited about what they're learning has been a real blessing. And trying to think. There's so many ways. Um, I think too, having dad involved, like knowing that like we have a good pulse on like their hearts and where they're at and what they need and where we can push and where we need to hit pause and just being able to kind of orchestrate that with them together has been a real blessing too. I think helping them not only grow academically, but also in character. So I think those are some ways that it's just been a real blessing to our family. Yeah. Yeah, and, and with the way that classical education works with the grammar into the logic, then the rhetoric, mm-hmm. it's like you guys have a whole whole new dimension of learning that's coming ahead of you um, and getting to see your kids really start. I mean, because I would say I, one of the things that classical education does differently than, than maybe the mainstream or, or what's now popular education is it really trains kids not what to think, but how to how think. How to think. And so once you start getting into those, uh, I mean, and you start to feel that with, you, you get kids in, in fourth, fifth, sixth grade, they start asking the why questions. So mm-hmm. you're pumping them full of facts in the early years. Then you're starting to explain, here's how this works. And they start asking the why question. Why is it? They get more inquisitive. And then you get to the final stage of learning, the rhetoric stage. Now they're starting to interact with competing ideas. Now mm-hmm. they're starting to be able to, to defend their position, to identify fallacies, to put forward arguments that are, are going to be winsome, um, that are going to be captivating, that are going to be filled with logic that actually in the long run as an adult, which I think is yeah. this, this is a, a rare thing in our society right now is, is people who can think for themselves, mm-hmm. who can really biblically analyze things and make decisions well based on that, that information that, that I'm excited for. I'm excited for that for my kids. I yeah. know your kids are on the same trajectory. So that's something uh, to look forward to in the future. Um, let's wrap this up. Final advice. Do you, do you have any, any last advice that you would give if families thinking, all right, we're in, um, we're going to do this. We're going to give it a shot. Um, what kind of encouragement, what kind of advice would you give to a family that's, that's right here ready to go? I would say, um, we've hit on a lot of these, so I'll go kind of quickly, but I would say first and foremost, find a community, find a curriculum that is classical and Christian and one that is easy for you to jump into with your kids. Um, I think find a mentor, look for someone that's doing what you want to do, look to find someone who's flourishing and enjoying it and say, yep, that's what I want our family to look like. These are values that I want to have and go in their home and check out what they're doing. That's what I did. The Landis family, Jesse mentioned them on his Meet Pastor Jesse podcast. You know, they were a family that had kids and they did classical conversations. And even all the way back then, probably almost 20 years ago, um, you know, we were in their home and watching what they did. And it just, 
it cast a vision for what life could look like, even though we didn't have conviction for it yet, it showed us what we actually really wanted. Yeah. And so because of that, because we were in their home and because I saw what was going on there, it was uh, very enticing to step into that. And so find someone that's doing it well and step in their home and see what they're doing. Um, and lastly, uh, the biggest piece of advice I can give any homeschooling family is stock your fridge. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea how much food homeschooled children would eat. <laughs> yeah, that might have something to do with how busy your boys are too. So It might, yeah. it might. Yeah, that's another really large piece of advice. That's great. <laughs> that's great. Well, Mel, I want to thank you for spending time with me here, talking through homeschooling, some of the pros, some of the cons, some of the really rewarding things, some of the challenges. Um, and one of the things that I, I've become more and more convinced of is that I, I believe the church plays a very profound role in supporting Christian parents in the pursuit of Christian education. And and so I, I know that this is something you care deeply about. This is something that I care deeply about, um, Christian education. And so if you have any questions, feel free to grab me or Mel um, or, or honestly, any of our elders uh, and their wives that we all have have a little bit of different uh, approaches and insights to education, but we all do very much care p- deeply about um, Christian education, and we want to support you in that. Um, and, and Lord willing, through time and more resources, we'll have the ability um, to support in other ways as as time advances and more people want to um, kind of get involved in what this. Christian education stuff looks like. And so uh, we want to thank you for for spending this time with us and, and navigating these podcasts with us and ask, listen to these questions. Um, and if you, again, if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out. You can get me at sam at sacredcitychurch.com. Um, I'm happy to talk about this. I will prioritize these conversations in my schedule. Um, we are very grateful for you and we pray God's blessing upon you. Uh, we'll see you next time. Nice.